Welcome to our fourth edition of our brand new podcast from The Ark Insider. I'm Karen Allen, and I'll be indulging in some informal Africa-focused conversation with Tara O'Connor, the Managing Director of Ark, the Pan-African Risk Consultancy firm, Africa Risk Consulting. What we're hoping to do is to offer insightful, inspired, and thought-provoking exchanges about the African continent by those who live, work, and breathe African affairs. In the coming weeks, we'll be inviting a series of guests to join in for virtual fireside chats to mull over the topics trending on the continent. We're spending the next few weeks assessing the fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. And today we'll be focusing on tech and how digital technologies in Africa are assisting in both the COVID-19 response and the fallout from restrictions being imposed on movement and the necessity for social distancing. But before we delve into that, let's just take a few moments to remind ourselves of what's been the soundtrack to the past week. Well, in the USA, the price of oil has collapsed to a record low as demand dries up and storage runs out. Chaos in Nairobi's largest slum, Kibera, as scores of residents desperately rush for food donations. Coronavirus restrictions means Kibera's breadwinners Is the cure worse than the disease in Nigeria? Security services have killed 18 people in the country in a bid to enforce coronavirus restrictions. We are aware of uh, uh, new numbers that were reported overnight from China, um, which added an additional 325 cases and 1,290 deaths from Wuhan. So, Tara, good to talk to you. Very good to speak to you again this week, Karen. Well, Tara, many of our listeners have commented that one of the things they really appreciate with this podcast is the Week in Review. So let's just take this opportunity to expand a little more on some of the stories that have made headlines this week. Of course... Tara, the big news for the region has to be the news coming out of Nigeria that President Buhari's chief of staff, Malam Abakayari, has died of COVID-19. We were talking about it over the past few weeks, and of course, he was diagnosed last month after a trip to Germany. It's an important story, isn't it? He was the third most powerful figure in Nigerian politics, and I guess in many ways, a gatekeeper to the president. Very much so, Karen. And his Um, You know, his death also raises questions about the health of President Buhari himself, because he had, we understood, been in contact with Abakiari. Again, both men have, are both septuagenarians, and like uh, Abakiari, President Buhari has longstanding health issues himself. Um, And Buhari's health is the subject of much discussion and has been for both um, his last term and this term uh, in office. And it was in that context that uh, his chief of staff, Abakiari, became so important, and as did his uh, uncle and uh, advisor, Mamandara, who many people say were de facto in charge. You sent me some really interesting tweets as well, um, Tara, from Nigerians saying that this exposed the Nigerian healthcare system and the fragility of it because because of lockdown, um, elites can't simply get on a plane and go to Europe or the United States or South Africa for medical treatment. They have to be treated at home. Exactly. It is the universality of this disease that it affects everyone. But traditionally, Nigeria's elite, with the sort of effective collapse over the past 30 years of the domestic health system, they have been traveling to Dubai, to South Africa, or indeed to the UK for treatment. 
Uh, and so, again, last week we were talking a little bit about chickens coming home to roost. And this mm. actually shows um, that Nigeria uh, successive governments have failed to invest in the domestic healthcare system. Another thing of interest, Tara, mines are going back to work, certainly here in South Africa. They may be operating at 50% capacity, but it's an important step as the country is expected to slowly ease itself out of lockdown in the coming weeks. Um, a pattern elsewhere? Well, if, in fact, in the, in the rest of the region, mines, again, because South Africa has moved rather faster to shut down uh, in other parts of the, of the mining, uh, mining areas, such as DRC, Zambia, and so on, you're actually just starting to see mines beginning to shut down now. But in some other places, such as DRC, we have at least one mine um, that is, tr- is going to buck the trend and keep production going. And that's Toronto-listed Ivanhoe Mines, which is planning to actually introduce what it calls rigorous protective measures and effectively lock in to its mine about a thir- third of its workforce, some th- 1,000 people, uh, to ensure business continuity. bit of positive news also for countries like Senegal and Ghana. IMF announced debt relief to 19 African countries, but they've also getting a bit more. Is that right? Yes, it's been it's really stepped up to um, the plate very quickly. It has agreed to uh, debt relief in 19 countries and has agreed very speedy disbursements to a number of countries, uh, sort of like a billion dollars to Ghana, 400 million to Dakar and a substantial sum to DRC to help those governments uh, in their fight against COVID-19. But also the head of the IMF has encouraged governments to spend, 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 spend in their efforts to combat the virus, but essentially to keep the receipts. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You're listening to The Ark Insider with me, Karen Allen in Johannesburg and Tara O'Connor in London. And today our podcast is focusing on the response across Africa to the coronavirus. Now, there's no disguising it. The economic impact of COVID-19 is going to be extremely painful. We've been warned and all the predictions are that it's likely to be far worse than the financial crisis. In fact, you might recall that we mentioned last week that the World Bank predicts that the pandemic could cost the African continent no less than 39 billion US dollars. But you could do worse than invest in fintech, edutech or healthcare in Africa, according to some emerging market monitors in Kenya. We've had some uplifting stories of the role being played by emerging technologies recently, from bots being used to deliver WhatsApp live chat advice on the virus in South Africa, to the lifeline that's been provided by the ubiquitous use of mobile money, particularly in markets such as Kenya. So we're delighted to have with us our guest, Abel Akele, founder of the Nigerian tech company, Trivoda Digital. Abel, welcome to the Ark Insider. Uh, thanks for having me. And you're speaking to us from Lagos, is that right? Yes, I am, Karen. Live from Lagos. We'll dwell on your company in just a moment, but we've obviously heard the news of the passing of the uh, President Chief of Staff, Abel Kayari. I presume that is all over the newspapers, all over social media where you are. Yes, uh, and uh, Nigerians are having expressing um, mixed reactions on social media as well. 
Yeah, and we've seen some of the reporting. We were talking in the program earlier on about how much this exposes some of the fragility of the health system in, in countries like Nigeria and, and many other countries that when leaders can't go overseas for treatment, really they are exposed like so many other people in their country to the public health system or the very basic health system that, that's available. Well, you're here to talk about tech, so let's focus on that. Um your website describes your company as being involved in digital engagement marketing. And at the present time, that includes finding solutions to current problems. Now, I understand that you're using, amongst other things, Bluetooth technology to assist with contact tracing, uh, given the COVID-19 crisis. Just tell us a little bit, how does it work? Okay, uh, just to clarify, Bluetooth is among a, um, a number of options of uh, mobile enabled technology that we're using to, uh, that we're exploring to help curb or slow the spread of the virus. Um, but what we are really focusing on is uh, exp- leveraging location-based services on um, mobile devices, both smart devices uh, and otherwise, to, uh, one, help users monitor their exposure to COVID-19, and two, uh, provide response agencies like uh, the Center for Disease Control and the Institute of Medical Research with contact tracing data to help them flatten the curve on the virus. Uh, how this works is simple. Um, we, we intend to provide some sort of surveillance data for um, persons who opt in on the service. Uh, it will help give some level of uh, what I would refer to as exposure to the virus, um, like an amber alert to persons who opt in on the service, really. And I mean, in terms of how many people this could help, I mean, there's obviously very um, high levels of smartphone use across Africa, but people have access to a smartphone. They might not actually own it themselves. So there might be neighbors or family members that share one phone. How does it distinguish between who's using it? Do you have a sort of individual sign-in? Yes, it's, it's individual sign-in. And this is not just limited to sm- smartphone users. Uh, there is, for feature phones, we have uh, a USSD location-based location-based service that is provided by most and and, um, and um, in Nigeria, so we are going to be exploring that as well. So, if I were to sign up to this service in Nigeria, what would I be able to do? You are pretty much allowing us uh, monitor your movement to allow to to give you some heads up. Should you go to areas where uh, uh, they, that locations that have been compromised? Okay, so let me give you a background to to this solution on on Monday. The 18th of March, uh, I was on a government official assignment and I boarded uh, the CM Marlene. It's a vessel that uh, was little quarantined after six identified suspected COVID-19 cases were confirmed. I've since been tested by um, the Nigerian Institute of Medical Research and my results have returned negative. But uh, since that experience, I have uh, been a lot concerned about the risk exposure of unsuspecting people, right? You you really don't know where you're going to and if that place has been com- compromised, right? And how quickly before that gets rolled out? We are currently in UAT, that's uh, user acceptance testing phase. Uh, so once we are done with that, 
uh, I think the first set of people to that this will feed uh, will be the essential services uh, workers and our frontline heroes, um, those who are at the forefront of uh, fighting the spread of the virus. And I guess a typical journalist question. Once COVID-19 is, is done and dusted with, we hope and we can return to relative normality. What happens to all that data? I mean, people presumably can switch off from the service, but does it get stored anywhere? Oh, well, that, that would be up to the NCDC, right? Um, this sort of data is going to be uh, managed with, with a midwife um, regulatory agency. So um, I, I'm assuming that uh, for data protection concerns, um, users will be able to opt in on the service and you know request for their data to be deleted. But uh, this is pretty much up to what the Center for Disease Control um, mandates in their regulation. It's absolutely fascinating. And, and um, I mean, I get very excited when I hear about innovations like this, and particularly with such a personal story that you've just conveyed to us about how your imagination was fired up on this. I think that's the thing that is so striking on this continent, isn't it, Abel? That, you know, you've seen the African tech scene just flourish, uh, finding customized solutions, which is for what is often a very difficult operating environment. Um, And, you know, we've just seen this grow in Nigeria, in in Kenya, uh, in Uganda, for instance, I was reading about a company called Market Garden, which has developed an app enabling market traders to sell their wares from home and then get them biked to customers' homes and thus remain compliant with social distancing regulations. I'm just wondering, has it been a question of necessity as the mother of invention? Or is it the case that actually the entry level for some of these tech companies is pretty low? And so you've got younger people that are able to, to move in. You don't need a lot of capital to begin with. And that's why we're seeing such a proliferation of tech services. I think it's a mix of both. Young tech startups um, cut through all of the bureaucracy and um, development phases uh, for products, to, for the product to go live. So, um, uh, you know, they have a shorter time to, a shorter uh, period to go to market. And I think that contributes to the, the product proliferation of a lot of um, digital services. Um, on the other hand, um, tech is reasonable, accessible to most of these companies. So um, I think that's also a contributing factor. So I, I completely agree with your point of view. And it's interesting. Let's bring Tara in here. We've been talking, haven't we, Tara, over the past few weeks about mobile money and the fact that it has been transformative, not just in terms of paying people you know, in in salaries or pay, people being able to buy their groceries, but you know, in times of crisis, being able to pay welfare payments and be able to try and minimise the amount of movement on on the ground. Absolutely. Um, can you give us a picture of that, really, in Nigeria, um, in terms of the the prevalence of of mobile money transfers, e wallets? Is that as big as it is in places like Kenya? Uh, well, comparing to Kenya, uh, I wouldn't say it's as big yet. Um, but there's been a lot of, uh, towards quarter four last year, there was a lot of um, exciting news, uh, especially as regards, you know, MTNs, um, mobile money um, licensing that was re- recently granted by uh, the Apex Bank. Uh, a lot of... Um, 
um, startups are trying to offer solutions in that space. So, yeah, I I think that um, it's not as prevalent, but it's it's very very promising. Wanted to pick up on that because I think. Um, you know, one of the themes that we've been following is the instant poverty that people are plunged into when they are forced to lock down. Um, and obviously, Lagos is one of the most populous and most densely populated uh, places. And so, one, uh, you know, the second difficulty is for welfare payments, the bureaucracy of getting welfare payments to people. And I was wondering if you saw that this might be an accelerator to what's happening on that front. And is this, would this be an accelerator to uh, the development of mobile money? Yes, I, I, I think so. Um, the, there is a, there's an agency that uh, is responsible for this some sort of palliative scheme for the poorest Nigerians because they, they have been uh, exposed to the challenge of how do you disburse funds to to the poorest Nigerians. I mean, the bulk of these people, about 60 million of them are unbanked. Um, so how do you get to them? So I see a lot of opportunity for mobile, mobile money. Abel, can I ask you something? We, we don't have a lot of time left, but... One question that I'd really love to ask is what's the next big thing that we should be looking out for in the tech world across Africa and maybe Nigeria in particular? There are quite a number, right, um, from blockchain technology and financial services, mobile money, the future of mobile money, how blockchain also play, plays a role in that, to, uh, you know, healthcare. I, I see a lot of healthcare services bringing up post-COVID-19 um, and how innovation and tech is going to drive that. Uh, but what's what I'm more particular about, I mean, there is no tomorrow if we do not address COVID-19 today, right? So I'm, I'm more fixated on what are we going to do in the short term to open up the economy, right? Shutdown is not sustainable. Um, this may be our new normal, and it requires African solutions. Because um, if you think about post-COVID-19, um, when the West has addressed or they have managed their uh, managed to flatten the curve, the the curve, the viral curve, um, Africa will be left out. And um, we need to start. Um, looking for homegrown solutions and not copying policies from the West that we that cannot really be implemented in Nigeria. Abel, we have to leave it there. It's been absolutely fascinating. A complete pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Pleasure is mine as well. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for sparing the time to join us on the Ark Insider. And keep safe. (laughs) You too. Stay safe. Tara, wasn't that fantastic? couldn't agree more. I mean, that was absolutely fascinating. I know we're not both um, what we would call um, digital natives, given our slightly more advanced <laughs> years than the younger generations that are coming up with these amazing innovations, but extraordinary. Eh? I mean, they're all of these hubs of um, digital technology that have sprung up all over the place, including in Lagos. And you just see the energy and the, and actually, you know, stepping up to the plate and actually 
addressing the drama that faces that faces us all and customizing it i mean just customizing it for an african market i, I think it's extraordinary absolutely extraordinary and what also appealed to me was that actually the data and the technology will be free free to use um uh, for the duration of the of the virus and then looking forward that uh, what uh, abel thought was the future which is which will involve health tech i mean i think health tech is going to be plays such an important part both in combating covid-19 but also in whatever it, you know a new development for for the african continent as we say goodbye for another week, Tara, I thought it might be appropriate to lift the mood a little. You might have heard that the Ugandan musician turned opposition politician Bobby Wine has recorded a COVID-19 song to try to get the public to adhere to public health messages about the virus. So to assist in trying to amplify that important message, I thought we'd offer a flavour. Until next time, goodbye. Bye, Karen. The bad news is that everyone is a potential victim. But the good news is that everyone is a potential solution. Sensitize the masses to sanitize. Keep a social distance and quarantine. Stop! The coronavirus.